Yo guys, welcome back to another episode, new episode of R&B Talk with my boy Calvin and myself, you know, um, you know, we, we're just living life, but I'm not going to speak for my boy. Um, how you doing, my boy? How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Man, it's just vibing, you know, uh, obviously both of our clubs are on break, but you know, if you looked at the last episode, we did talk about the Man City game because we'd be filming right after that game. Um, but we didn't talk about the the Spurs United match, so we could just do a little quick recap. Um, also on top of that, there's been some news um regarding both of our teams, not on the pitch, but also off the I mean, but off the pitch. Um, Omar Barada, former Man City executive, he switched over to the red side. Um, as their new CEO, um, and I, and we could probably talk about a little bit of Afcon as well uh, at the end, just to sprinkle it in. But yeah, I mean, the floor is yours. You know, we could talk about the two-two draw uh, last Sunday. Uh the two-two draw. Ah, uh, looking at how United play once again, I was just, I thought. We like we were able to score early, which I think it's weird. But the goals that we're finding, I don't feel like we're creating enough chances as a team. I don't think we're building slow enough as a team. It's kind of like too quick still. Mm-hmm. Not enough chances. Defensively, I still feel like we're strong. Because one of the goals came from a set piece. So yep. moving forward, I'm still in a position where I'm concerned about the offense, but the defense, the defense is starting to show more and more because the defense only one goal, like one goal from the run of play, you know? Yeah. We could consistently do that game after game. I think we're in a strong spot. Well, that's going to be the biggest challenge is the set-piece goals are going to happen because it's just soccer. Someone's, I don't want to say someone's not going to be marking, but the more set-piece you give up, the more likely it is you're going to concede on the set-piece. And that's why with me, I always emphasize possession, 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 because possession keeps you the other team away from set-pieces. Because for me, set-piece goals are something it's hard for a team to stop. Because you, you you have the best players in the world, and now you get you put them in a position. Like, if you look at it like other sports, it's like football. I don't want to say it's as easy as making a field goal, but, like, if you put someone in a corner, it's more likely. If, if, you, if you're a Premier League team, you had a decision to make, TJ. You could play the game or... You just get to be on set pieces the whole game. Which one would you take? You know, like you get to just take corner kicks the whole game. And right. that was what soccer was. How many goals a game do you think will be pushed in this sport versus like right now? What what do you think? Like most soccer games are one, two goals. But if it was set piece only, you might that might change a lot. You might be seeing three, four goals because they're just taking a limited set piece. You go from one end, take a set piece and then you go down the other end. Yep. But the Tottenham game, it was good to see Rashford score, but I still don't like the way in which he scored too much because 
from my perspective, there was a mistake from the defender because if you think about it as a winger, it's like you're playing on the wing or even like a left back. Mm-hmm. You play the ball to the midfielder. For me, at least, my thought process would be play the ball to the midfielder, run straight down the line. The way Rashford scored was he played the ball to the midfielder and he ran inside towards the midfielder. That was a little bit strange, and I thought that was kind of a mistake from the defenders because as a defender, you should be pushing him towards the corner. But in in that moment, what happened was he the defender lost the inside. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, is like good finish by Rashford, but I don't think another defender is giving him that opportunity after the given goal. Because most times, like imagine, TJ, you do a given goal with someone. And you run inside the person. It's just like that's just scenario alone was just so weird for me. So I'm not convinced by it. I'm not convinced about Rashford's play style entirely yet. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's the thing for me because I don't I didn't see any goals in that game that really I'm gonna say next game I'm gonna see again. You know, right, and I'm right. still about the team in that regards, and I don't think right now we're in a position of being top four. Probably seventh, eighth right now is where we're going to end up finishing. I think right now we're seventh. But, yeah, I'm just not convinced by United still. Don't really see what we're working towards. Still have no trust in the system we're playing. But all I can say is we have a strong defensive team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of interesting how Varon and Johnny Evans, you know, you wouldn't think that going into the season that those two would be holding it down, especially in January. Um, but bro, I mean the holding the holding goal. I thought obviously Rashford kind of messed up. He tried to cut inside to the right, lost the ball. But Hoyland obviously picked it up, shot it with his left foot. Bro, I'm not gonna lie, that was a great finish. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I didn't speak too much on that goal, but it was like that. That was that was really a class finish, you know. Like I, I could say Hoyland's finishing is is great. So that's something I wasn't really thinking about that too much, but that's something to look forward to. He really did take a great shot and finished it well. So that was a great shot. And that was the thing I was saying earlier about when he first got to the club. That was the things that he was doing well. You know, you can't criticize his finishing, you know. He Mm -hmm. finds, like, I think he's similar to Holland where his sense of positioning, his awareness is great. And that's something to look forward to in the team, but I'm just concerned overall just about, like, how many shots a game is he getting? Because I think he had another – he might have had one other chance, and Rashford might have had, like, four chances a game. There was, like, one chance from Rashford where he could have taken it with his left, but he just shy away from it. Yep, I do remember that. Um, But, bro, I mean, obviously, as a striker, right, you're – I guess your shots created or shots taken, it all really depends on your service around you, right? And, you know, you've been on record talking about how poor the, the midfield has been with just progressing the ball, maintaining possession, um, creating chances just in general, especially Bruno, um, but also Rashford as well. It's kind of it's kind of interesting how, from that point of view, when, when you look at it through the lens of, the player, like a Rashford, just hesitant 
um, with, with his decision making, right? Especially like, and he brought up a great point about him. He had a chance on his left foot. He, I think, he took a bad touch and he just played it backwards. Um, bro, like him, like when he first came onto the scene, he probably would have scored that with his left foot. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's Ten Hag, and I think he has to have the spotlight on him in terms of you know once again tactics, because look at the Tottenham manager. He came in with a player that he just signed on loan, and he's missing a lot of his big players, especially up top. And they still have like they have an identity. They have an identity with how they play, which is possession, which is you know creating chances. Versus Ten Hag, who says that he has a so-called style, but then he just has teams playing counterattacking football. For me, it's like, bro, like as a fan, like if I was a United fan, I would be like, okay, look, we faced a manager who was relatively unknown, right, before he came to Spurs. He had less than a year to implement his style, and he's already competing for top four. Versus Ten Hag, it just seems like everything has regressed, especially with the signings that he's brought in, um, like Anthony, I mean, even Onana as a goalkeeper. He's supposed to bring in that possessive style as well, but it just seems like it just it just goes out the window. And it's, I'm not saying that his, it, it's Onana's fault, but he has a role in terms of how the team plays. Um, it's obviously sad, um, especially if I, I mean, if I was coming from a United fan, it's sad to see that kind of got hoodwinked um, by all that talking from him. But um, I mean, obviously now with potentially, obviously the new owner coming in, not owner, but minor, minority owner coming in, um, and obviously we could transition into the new, uh, I guess the next topic as well. Um, the new CEO, uh, Omar Barada, coming in from Man City, which was honestly a shock. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, he's been at Man City for, I think, since 20, 2011, or no, yeah, 2012, I believe. Um, so he's been a part of the team since then. He's been a uh, part of the commercial um the I think he worked way up from like the commercial side all the way up to football operations. So he was basically in charge of salaries uh, towards the latter part of his uh, Man City tenure. You know his salary, the salaries. Uh, he had a say in transfers, I believe. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if, if you if you have any thoughts on obviously the the moves that are being made by by uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe. Ah. Uh. For me, I'm just interested to see, like, I feel like these are the different things that happen behind the scene that you don't really, sometimes you don't really, it's not like, I don't want to say it's not a big signing, but it's not like somewhere you're going to go and buy their jersey, you know? Right. So, in but a few years, is, you said, the what? thing is, not to cut you off, but, um, yeah. you know, the thing that Man United has been, you know, lacking for the past five years, especially with, like, Edward Ward, is structure. Right, so now you're seeing a structure sort of coming into place. Now you have a CEO, um, and who knows what who, who he's going to hire? You know, director of football. You know, you, you don't know what's going to happen in the future, but it looks like the trend right now is going towards that. It and this is this is like this is cool. If I start seeing Manchester United win, you know what I mean. But sure. for me, like. These things happen. Maybe this is the same thing that happened with City, and City was able to become one of the top teams in the world. But 
like as a like as a fan who's watching the game day after game after game when new people come into the club like yes we're we're developing our structure i will reflect on that once i start seeing the results of how we've developed our structure mm-hmm. you know like this move right now could be the biggest move of the year but i'm not going to i'm not going to like think about it until i start seeing results it's like i i see it like similar you know like you could look at it like an election happens for example sure you like when an election happens like you might just be some people might say oh the president's just there you know for show they're not really going to change a lot of laws but if the president comes in and change like a major law now everybody's like oh my god that election was huge our election was huge that's kind of how i view this right now if united starts performing well yes we could say united did the right thing they changed their structure but my my thought process behind it is why was United such a successful team in the past if they had a poor structure, you know? Because mm-hmm. if we're changing our structure and that's what's supposed to make us a top team in the past, how were we able to be one of the best teams in the world and we had a poor structure? So that's the other part that I'm thinking about. And I'm like, United must have had a good structure, you know, for them to be one of the most dominant team in England for so long. So. Mm-hmm. Looking to that, do you think United in the past had a solid structure? Because they were a dynasty. Like, how were they able to do that with not, like, the right people? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you can look at it through the consistency. Obviously, from the manager point of view, I'm not sure what how the team was in terms of, like, uh, the board and operation, football operations, that sort of thing back then. Um, but obviously, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson being there for, you know, 20-plus years. Definitely helps because he set the stand. He basically, you know, built the club up from the ground up, you know. So the fact that he, on the pitch, he had a standard of, you know, winning. Maybe not tactically, people don't remember as much. But once again, all you see is the record, the trophies that he's won, the, the teams that he's beaten, the accomplishments, the feats that he's done, you know, winning the treble. It's, it's, those can't be ignored at all. So the fact that, you know, he was able to have, you know, players like Ronaldo, players like Ryan Giggs, Wayne Rooney, um, you know, Casper, or not Casper, uh, Peter Schmeichel, you know, I can go on and on and on, you know, come through the club and, you know, maintain that that level of, you know, what United were back in the day. It To me, it screams that he knew what he was doing in terms of the type of people that he wanted around. And then once he left, you know, it just seemed like everything just you know, led astray. Like, they're trying to emulate that, right? Obviously getting David Moyes. And then guess what? They sacked him. Then they brought in – who did they bring in after David Moyes? Louis Van Hall. And then sacked him. And then Jose Mourinho sacked him. And then Ole Gunnar Solskjaer sacked him. Uh, who, 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 Ragnick, he left. Ten Hag. You know what I'm saying? So that's six guys just, just off the bat. Now, I might have forgotten some, but, bro, like, you guys turned from being consistent with the manager, you know, trusting the process, to turning into Chelsea, but a very failed Chelsea. Just, you know, if they don't perform, sack, 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 higher, sack, higher, sack, 
entire sack. So, I mean, maybe I think the DNA of Man United kind of went away as Sir Alex went away. But I think with having somebody who comes from, you know, a different viewpoint, like a Sir Jim Ratcliffe, um, you know, hiring these new these new people to have a new perspective onto the club, I think that'll be like a refreshment. And obviously, I'm not saying. I mean, obviously, January is about to end in a, in a few weeks, a couple of weeks, so it's not going to happen overnight. But you may see over the course of time, you know, it can go from the the, the stadium being upgraded, right? <laughs> you can talk about the food. You can talk yeah. about you know transfers. You can talk about you know the people who are in charge. All the way down to obviously the product on the pitch, which is and even the training center as well. I know that needs to be upgraded, but you know, all the way down to the product on the on the pitch. I think all that will obviously take a lot of time. Um, the right investment needs to be made for your club. So you know, I think that's where Sir Jim Ratcliffe comes into play with his with with his uh, connections and you know his deal making as well. So honestly, if I was you, I would be kind of happy. Because for the first time, it seems like there seems to be a plan and not just shooting from the hip. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously getting your, your, your city rivals, you know, cheap operating off, officer to, you know, to come to your side, is it's, it's kind of a big deal. You know, I'm not going to say, like, I'm not going to talk trash on him and say, like, oh, he was useless. Like, he was never a part of our plans. Bro, he was a higher up for a reason. So I, I see it as a big win for United. But I don't really see it as a big loss for City. If that makes any sense, you know. Um, we need to come for your players next. <laughs> now, if I see you know Holland going to United, then you know it's like FIFA, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's a FIFA type of uh, transfer. Oh, that, that would be insane. That's like me when I start like my career. <laughs> Just buying all the best players in the world, right? Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, bro. I mean, I think that's all the news in terms of you know City United, other than like the, like the fifteen, one hundred fifteen charges. But I think that's just been a lot of like you know naysay, um, people just having an opinion that really don't they don't really know what's going on. So I, I think when, when we get more details on that, we will definitely talk about you know Man City's charges. Um, uh, TJ, did you see like the I think it was like the Globe Award. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I, is that like a new award system, bro? Like, I think it's been around for a while. It has been a while, like uh, around for a while, but it's like one of, it's not like a. I don't know how to explain it. Like it's not like seen like as like the Ballon d'Or or like the FIFA the best. It seem it's like a like a third or fourth tier type of award, which I honestly think is kind of not true because of how. I mean, Ronaldo obviously wasn't the running for that. I think it's based off of Saudi Arabia. Or like the Middle East, um, but obviously Holland won the Best Player in the World award. Um, and Ronaldo, I forgot what award, what award he got, but yeah, I found that, I found that interesting, bro. Um, obviously Holland, he got kind of got the respect that he deserved from Ronaldo. Got his uh his you know his his who's his his respects. Um, and obviously it's kind of cool seeing how Ronaldo is talking about Man City because you remember you know what two or three years ago when. Ronaldo was apparently going to Man City. Um, then obviously went to United. <laughs> Bro, I, I think honestly, I, I truly believe that he was going to Man City, and and then Sir Alex Ferguson said, "Yeah, nah, like you got to come to United." Um, but yeah, well, what were your thoughts on on the Global Awards? I just saw it. I thought it was like 
I saw Man City got team of the year for yeah. 2023. It was just overall, like, a lot of the things, like, I felt like there was just, like, a lot of awards. That's why it was, like, weird for me, you know, like, looking at it. Because mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how many awards to hand out. Like, when they do the Ballon d'Or or others, how many awards are they handing out that same night as well? So they have the Ballon d'Or, they have the the best young player in the world, then they obviously have, like, the female awards for the same exact thing. Then they have the goalkeeper award. Uh, they actually do have a team of the year uh, as well. And Man City won that. Um, and then obviously the Ballon d'Or. So it's sort of the same. It's basically a knockoff version of the Ballon d'Or. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, okay, yeah. I was just, like, looking at all the different awards. Like, it was, like, one was, like, best player in Saudi Arabia. I think that's the one Cristiano won. Yeah. Or, yeah, there was, yeah, there was just a lot of different awards. Like, I never knew that was an award, you know, like best player in Saudi Arabia. That's like... I think that know? was made up this year, bro. I'm not going to watch <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that, that Cristiano was like, there was a pose and it was like, Cristiano keeps coming up. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Hey, I'm pretty sure that's true. What? I, I'm that's pretty sure they made that. I'm just like, yeah. yeah, that's why I was a little bit confused about how legit this stuff is, you know? Yeah, bro. I just have seen awards, awards and I'm like, what? I'm like, bro, okay, this too- did Holland win or did Cristiano win? Wait, they right. both won? That was, that was just weird for me just to think about all the different awards I was because I, I never heard about like that award specifically, but that was cool. Though. I think it was great that they were able to get so many of the big players together. Uh, was it in Dubai? Yeah, and yeah, I think cool so. To just see, you know, you know, getting all the players together. Um, Kevin Bruno, I think I, he came up for in Man City, one team of the year, he grabbed the trophy. That was cool to see. It's like. It was cool to just see all the, like, they were able to, like, if they were part of the show up, that was the point. Because I never really heard about this award too much, you know? And seeing mm-hmm. all the big names that were there, I was like, what? Yeah. 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 I'm going to uh, do that. I'm like, you think if I start an award system? Bro, at this if it's if Ronaldo's nominated and he's a winner, he's probably gonna pop in, bro. No cap. I'm trying to me serious. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having my own awards. Oh, it's an award for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Please, please, please. I need the PR. Excuse me, Sean. In the running right now to win player of the year. What would I have been called the award? I call the award. Uh... Bro, something, bro. No. <laughs> FIFA Awards, PA Sports Award, <laughs> best player on FIFA. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Look at my card. I had the best card. Best card. Yeah. Yeah, the best, best team of the season card goes to. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. 
Yeah, no, I got that, bro. Like, that, that was a feeling for trophies, bro. How, how, how dope would that be? Like, FIFA, the best team of the season. Oh, man, how dope. Like, if FIFA had an award, just like this, like, player that was in the game the whole year, you know? Yeah, bro. I mean, it, that's a great PR tactic, you know? Once again, it, it, it involves the realism of the game instead of being, like, these fake cards that they've released every other day, you know? But... That problem with FIFA, you get, you spill his money to get C7, and then one guy has, has the team of the season CR7, and you're just, like, scratching huh? your head because you're like, I mean, I, I had the best play game. People have a full team of the same guy I have now as team season. How am I competing right. with this? Yeah, bro. And then, Bro, that's and why then, FIFA. And then some people have like in cards, so now the right. inform that it's just that like, it's just like a weird game uh, for it's a game. The rich players. Bro, they just inflated the game. They just inflated the game, bro. Simple as that. Like. They just, add, they just add cards, you know what I'm saying? And it doesn't have to be people, like, in real life and how they perform off the field or on the field. It just be some randomness card, bro. Like, Samuel Umtiti. When's the last time you heard about him, bro? He got an card, bro. I'm like, what insane. do you do? You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, bro. Um, I guess, I guess we could talk about AFCON, bro, because I think that tournament's been top tier, not just because of, like, the entertainment factor of it, bro, but, like, the football. Like, like we were talking, like, 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 look what you were saying before, how the continent of Africa has some ballers, bro. And, you know, Bebe from uh, the former United striker, uh, he's playing for Cape Verde. He scored that banger, that free kick from, like, almost half field, bro. And... Equatorial Guinea doing their thing. Ghana choking. Egypt choking. <laughs> you know, Nigeria back on back in form, beating Ivory Coast. You know, it, it, this tournament's insane, bro. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on any more thoughts on the tournament, but bro, it's been I'm lit. Trying to see the group like right now to see who's like winning in each group. I'm trying to bring it up right now, but for me, like. I've been watching a lot of the highlights from the tournament and seeing the results of the tournament. I think the cool thing about the tournament are right now I'm looking at the group leaders, Nigeria, uh, Guinea, Nigeria, uh, Egypt, Cape Verde, Senegal, Guinea. Shocking to see uh, Cameroon uh, haven't won a game yet. You know, I was expecting them. I'm seeing if they're, but I feel like a lot the the group stage right now, the leaders, like I, like the leaders right now, are what you would expect. You know, like South Africa, some of the groups are a little bit, uh, like Group D and Group E. I don't really know too much about the teams in that. Like Group E, uh, you got South Africa, South Africa. They've only played one game, and right now they're in fourth place. I remember you mentioned them earlier. Morocco, right now, they've only played one, but they won one. But uh, Tanzania, they lost opening one. Yeah, I think, like, overall, like, teams in this, I don't know, like, what to expect, you know? And this is what I'm saying about a lot of these teams. I don't feel like a lot of these teams, 
like in the group, if you look at all the groups, when do you really see these teams play, you know? When do mm-hmm. you see them play? Like some of these teams haven't even qualified for their first ever World Cup, you know? You and that's why you don't really understand the level because you don't see these teams play as much day after game after game, at least for me, you know. But just the fact that these all these teams were able to qualify for the African Cup of Nations, what does that even mean, you know? Like, it's not an easy thing to qualify for, you know? So that's what's like, for me, I'm really interested to see at the end of the tournament, what team in Africa are everybody going to be looking at now and being like, damn. Because Ghana, can, can Ghana make it out their group? Bro, they have to beat. I think they have to beat Mozambique. Yeah, so they have to beat Mozambique, and they need uh, what Equatorial Guinea to? No, no, no. They need um, Cape Verde to lose to or to to beat Egypt. But Cape Verde already, you know, uh, solidified their place as top of the group because they won both of their games, and obviously Egypt didn't win a game yet. Um, what else? Yeah, so yeah, yeah Egypt didn't win a game yet. Ghana didn't win a game yet, and obviously Mozambique, they're tied with Ghana on points as well. So, yeah, I, I, honestly, I could see just um, Cape Verde just benching their players, resting, you know, because they're already through to the next next stage. So Ghana might not make it through, bro. They might not make it through unless they score goals, unless they score a lot of goals, like a lot of goals. Yeah, I'm trying to just check, like, who because I remember Liberia recently. It might have been Cape Verde that Liberia played recently. Because I, I don't know if it's the World Cup qualifiers for 2024. Mm-hmm. But that that's for me was... That for me, like the teams like Liberia is losing to, sometimes you don't really... You don't really like think they're really good teams and then you realize oh these guys are beating Ghana they're beating other people so that's like yeah Liberia is still on the road trying to qualify for the World Cup so I'm trying to just double check to see who they played in 2023 because I'm not seeing anything right now for that Mm -hmm. but I think it was Cape Verde that won let me see. Let me see the last time they played them. Yeah, yeah sure. I don't, it might not have been Cape Verde. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly. I'm trying to find it right now. They played them in the World Cup qualifier for 2022. And that might have been, yeah, they might have lost that game. But now just seeing them top of the group, it really makes you just like, it really makes you appreciate you know the level in africa and sometimes like so for the world cup 2023 they lost like the result for like liberia which is my home country mm-hmm. their world cup their world cup qualifiers malawi they lost 1-0 guinea they lost 1-0 you know these are teams that are top of the group and they're only losing by one goal but this is teams that you're not even seeing in African Cup of Nations, so it just tells you the level 
because it's just one zero. Like they're not losing by major goals, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're getting beat heavy, but they're still not getting the results at the end of the day, and it's just so slight. But that's just the level and the competition at hand, you know. Yeah. And now I'm looking. I'm looking at the World Cup 2026 qualifiers. Uh, in the group right now. Guinea's in the group, you know. I don't know how many teams are going to go out of six, but Malawi's in there too. I think if you look at the World Cup, if you look at the World Cup, I think uh, Malawi. Where's Malawi right now? I think they're fourth, like in in the qualifiers for the group. Oh, okay. Wait, I'm not. I'm not. Even, they're not even coming up right now. Wait, are, is that, are they even in the tournament? I don't think, I don't think so. In the tournament. Yeah, they're not in the tournament at all. So I think, like, that's key. Like, for me, I'm really focused on just seeing if we qualify for the World Cup because we're we're already 0-2, you know, for qualifiers. And this is why it's so concerning for me because I want to see my country, like, qualify for the first World Cup, African Cup of Nations even playing in that, because this tournament will be 10 times more exciting, you know, as a Liberian man, being able to support my home country, you know, like, I feel like John is blessed to be able to watch Ghana play in the African Cup of Nations, and even seeing Ghana in the World Cup, you know, for me, my country has never been a part of that, so that's like something one day, I hope, you know, and that's crazy to just think about, you have teams like the U.S., teams like that are in the World Cup consistently, you know, and you just get used to watching them, criticizing them. But, you know, I want to be in that situation where I could criticize my team for being ass, you know. (laughs) (laughs) For real, bro, I want to be in that situation where I could be like, damn, yo, we came to the World Cup to go home right away, you know. Right. We got to the World Cup, and for me, that's just like. But this is the thing about life, though, and I think you don't really appreciate a lot of different things because I'm looking at it like as a Liberian person. It's enough for me. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just going to the World Cup. I feel like that the joy I would get from that is equivalent to like. Argentina winning the World Cup, you know, Liberia qualifying for the World Cup. You don't even got to play a game. Right. <laughs> I'm happy regardless. Right. But it's just the small little wins. But, you know, teams like Brazil, their country is just used to always being there. They don't even care. They're like, what? Why are we not winning? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even care if we win or year. <laughs> I think you bring up a great point, though, in terms of, like, once again, like, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys played in the World Cup qualifiers, but obviously I see Equatorial Guinea is in that group as well. Um, Tunisia, obviously, they are always usually in the World Cup. Um, but, bro, I mean, you guys lost two games. And I think it was two, two of those big teams. You know, and you only gave up two goals in two games. So, I mean, once again, it seems like it's the attacking front for your for your country that needs to be improved. But... Bro, I mean, look, I think Africa deserves deserves more spots in the World Cup. Um, I wish no, more teams could qualify. 
Um, hopefully with adding more teams in the World Cup, you know, that can happen. But we, we will see. We will see. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think we'll wrap it up here, if, if that's cool with you. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, so obviously, you know, if, if you like the, this episode, you know, share it with your peoples. Like the uh, the podcast on Spotify and Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. Um, and, yeah, um, appreciate you, Calvin, for hopping on. Um, and, yeah, if, you know, see you in the next episode and have a good night. Yeah, take care, everyone.